This is a part about Duchenne muscular dystrophy, a genetic progressive disease mainly affecting boys. The earlier you find out, the better the prognosis. In this episode, you will meet three young men with inspiring careers. They have pursued their dreams and have not let Duchenne stop them. Benny Over from Germany is an ambassador for the orangutans and the protection of the rainforest. He is writing books and giving lectures around the country about the importance of environmental protection. And he has been awarded for his work. Björn Jönsson from Sweden is an entrepreneur, he's a local politician and he's a profile in the gaming community. And Gudjon Reikdal Oskarsson, he studied pharmacology and today he's a geneticist and on his spare time he's co-hosting a podcast. Meet Gudjon, today he's living in Iceland. I was born in Sweden. You were born in Sweden? Where? Yeah, in Falun. And I was, I lived there until I was five. How come you were born in Sweden? Oh, my father is a doctor and he was studying to become a general practitioner, I think it's called, in Dalarna. So what are your memories of Sweden and Falun? I remember where I lived and I, I and then the thing is, I've, I've gone often there again, so I know the people that were in my life at that time. When did you realize that you had the opportunity to help others living with genetic disorders? I don't know. Did you think that way? No, not to start with. Uh, I didn't think about it. So when I started my study, it was more a convenience. I imagined I would become a pharmacist in a pharmacy. But then I, I was a little bit scared of Duchenne and stuff like that. So I was trying to pick something convenient, not related to my disease at all. And then I was offered to go to a conference, Action Descent conference. And I didn't want to go. Why? It was scary. I was... Didn't really want to think about it. And then a friend of mine got very angry and told me that what does it matter that you know these things? You already know them all. You shouldn't worry so much. And you should use it to help others with this and so that that's where it started and yeah it, it it flipped in an instant so it just needed someone else than parents to tell me and what have you discovered in your research so uh, there are two published articles that i'm the first author and then there are a few that i'm a little bit more back uh, but in those, I fig I identified um, a mutation. I'm trying to not use the specific jargon language. I'm trying to make it a little easier. So it's a mutation in a gene that expresses 
a protein called erythropoietin or erythropoietin receptor that uh, in, makes the blood uh, the body produce blood it's like a system that gives information of when you need more blood so i found a mutation there that affects the level of erythropoietin the signal and it has no effects on the individual they just have very high levels of this and the other one the other article i found a gene with many mutations that affect blood like hemoglobin levels in the body and so those people i found a mutation that is causing a severe anemia severe blood loss without any reason what i've been doing is a epidemiological studies where they look at the hundreds of thousands of people that's what i did but in my masters i i wrote a theoretical approach in using crispr cas9 to cure duchenne is it so that in that project you use your own skin cells Yes, that that's true. So I had I had a minor biopsy where they removed the part skin of my skin, and it was then sent to France to a lab there that made a cell line out of my skin cells, and the skin cells can be transformed into muscle cells. So your skin cells can be used for further research. Yes. I I don't know what his name is, but there is a cell line with my cells in it. How did your interest in pharmacology start? Uh, when I was signing into university, I, I planned either to become a physicist or pharmacology was was also another choice. But I chose pharmacology because it was somewhere be- because all my 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 father and my three sisters are all doctors. So for me, I didn't really want to be a doctor. So I was trying to pick something close to it. So that was my when I decided what well, the reason why I decided it. Then later, my interest in research and decision. What inspires you today in research? I guess it's the thirst for knowledge. I, I want to learn no more and I realize the more I learn that that there is there is more to learn so I I always feel like I know less by knowing more what do you do when you're not working so in my in my free time I also am a co-host in a podcast called calling Monroe it's a, it's a comedy podcast that I'm, I'm making with a friend of mine and and his friend that has now become my friend too. And what's happening in the podcast? So we are, so in the podcast we basically call Monroe, that's the name comes from. He's a Scottish doctor, a guy. Uh, in the early podcast he hasn't become doctor, he's graduating. And then in, throughout the is working in the hospital 
So that becomes our topic sometimes in, in our conversations. And we, we basically are just three guys, two geneticists and one doctor. And we're just talking about various things. We try to stay not political and nothing too outrageous, even if some other might disagree. <laughs> what did your family say about your choice of work line? They were very happy. They thought it made very much sense. Because my whole life I have been very uh, curious how things around me are and work. So a lot of it's not a surprise to people that I became a scientist. I I I had since I was 10 said I was going to be a scientist. So and it happened. And today you're 30? Yes. Yes. And you have a new family member? Yes. Just recently. I just got a dog a month ago. Uh, little Bella. Isabella. That which I call Bella. And she's a white little fluffy ball. <laughs> Does she come when she, when you call Bella? No, she doesn't know her name. She's she should, but I'm not very good at teaching her. Can you tell me about how you have been working with the patient organizations in Iceland and in the UK? So in Iceland there is a like a parent organization and I was at least for now not much but I was involved in in their planning and and like inf- information to people and I have gone with, I've traveled with them to a conference in the UK so I I know them it basically mostly parents because we're in so different age groups and in the UK I used to go every year to a conference at Action to Sin like against some friends through that you have made a journey yeah when I think back yes but it has always just been a clear step what is next I've always known what I'm going to do next <laughs> So there's been always has every step has made sense to me. So my next step is to to defend my PhD that I will do in October. In October. Then I am I just plan to add another degree to my. So it just happened last month where I decided I want to study applied ethics. What are your thoughts about uh, World Duchenne Awareness Day, September seventh? It's very good. So these kind of days are good for everyone to know about it. And in addition, if you cure the sin, it's, it's, there are many challenges in that. If you manage to do that, you have all of a sudden open doors to almost anything, any genetic disorder, because it's basically the holy grail to cure this one. And then, so there is a lot to uh, gain from knowing about this disease, even even further. Mm. 
from Iceland to Germany and Benny over. Benny's younger brother Florian is translating in the interview and you will also meet Benny's father Klaus. And it all started at the Berlin Zoo at 2014. Benny was in the in the Berlin Zoo and uh, watching the orangutans for hours and uh, he kind of fell in love with them. And then he was like researching afterwards what is happening there, why are they endangered? And then, yeah, he got aware of the problem and thought, let's do something about it. There needs to be a change. Did you get an immediate connection with the orangutans? So Benny is saying that like the orangutans are really similar to human beings. And he felt like a deep connection to them when he was looking into their eyes. They got into his heart. Uh, he wanted to do something about it. Um, when we were back in Indonesia, 2016, um, we met there Dr. Willie Smith. He is a friend of Benny, and he's like a, a yeah rainforest scientist and um, orangutan um, activist. And he is buying. He has a lot of projects all over Indonesia, Borneo, and he's buying grassland, which is destroyed by all the plantations, and is doing there like reforestation. Benny had a really deep connection with Willie when we were there. And um, there is a, since two years, I think, they have this project, which is called uh, Benny's Wald, Benny's Forest. And um, yeah, we are collecting donations for it. And like one euro, they plant one tree and they collected 60,000 euros in the last two years, which means like 60,000 trees. That's one of the projects which developed, developed out of the whole um, yeah, idea Benny had. And another thing that developed is that you, Benny, wrote a book for children, Henry Saves the Rainforest. What motivated you to write a book? He wanted to um, address the children because they have influence on their parents, grandparents, um, what they buy and teach their parents. That was the motivation for Benny, to inform or educate uh, children in Germany and uh, Europe. And it's a fictional story, but it has real characters. The story is fictional, but it's kind of real because Henry, during a time he's supporting, uh, has a main character. Uh, Benny is in the book and um, yeah, a lot of other orangutans we met there in Indonesia. So um, it's kind of uh, <laughs> real personalities in the book. And um, Henry travels through the world. He comes to Europe because um, he wants to inform the Western world, what is going on there. So he comes to Europe and um, he goes to Angela Merkel, the Pope. Uh, he goes to America to visit um, Obama, ask for support. And everyone's like, yeah, this is like a really important topic, but he doesn't get like real support by it. He comes back to, to Europe and uh, there happens like a protest. And then, uh, yeah. There was like 40 events planned for 2020 and they were all cancelled because of course the corona situation is not the best for Ben uh, if he gets it um, with his illness so everything was cancelled but they're starting now. Do you get energy then Benny at the events and when you meet the kids? <laughs> he said quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And you were also uh, saying, Klaus, that Ben is your boss you're, when you're helping him with the project and the books and so on. How is Benny as a boss? How? Oh, oh. <laughs> very hard. Also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benny as boss is sehr, sehr, sehr willensstark. Was in seinem Kopf ist, geht da nicht mehr raus. Und Benny hat, ist sehr kreativ 
Und wir müssen schauen, Papa und Mama, ne, wir haben ja auch eine Mama. Und Murphy. Und Murphy Hund, dass wir hinterherkommen. Benny has a lot of willpower and ideas and uh, he's throwing them on the table and uh, then he's asking my dad and my mom, let's do this, can you help me with that? And, uh, and he, he wants to fix it really quick. So there's a lot of pressure on my parents. <laughs> But Benny makes a lot of pressure. And yeah, Benny is not really thinking about it. He's just doing it. He inspires a lot of people to, yeah, let's do something about it. If Benny can do it, we can all do it. Benny's work shows that one person can achieve great things with dedication. Did you, as his younger brother and now co-worker, think that Benny's work could have such an impact? I always thought Benny's project is great. And um, I was a lot working somewhere. And sometimes I came home and then he showed me, oh, I achieved this and I achieved this. And it got bigger and bigger and uh, like more people jumped on the train. And I'm proud of Benny that he achieved this. Really proud of him. What was your dream job when you were young, Benny? Was war dein Traumberuf, als du jünger warst, Ben? Mit der Umwelt und Sachen, der Willi sowas. Benny could have imagined a job, um, yeah, to work with the environment. Um, actually, what he is doing now is uh, was like for a long time in his, in his head. And um, yeah, people like Dr. Willie Smith, they really inspire him. And he's really grateful that they have this friendship now and um, they work together for the same cause. And what is the next goal for you, Benny? What is the next deal, Benny? Yeah, in the book, I try also to bring on the video first project, weiter aufzubauen, mehr spenden wir zusammen. Benny's next goal is to finish the second book. And they had a goal of reaching 100,000 euros, like 100,000 100, trees for the uh, Benny's forest. And um, they are on a way to do it, but uh, yeah, this would be a big goal for him to, to achieve that. And the new goal as well is like not only to address the really young people like in schools, but also make the older generation more aware. Like grandparents, 60 plus, that they think about stuff like this. I saw a picture of you, Benny, uh, sitting in the wheelchair with an orangutan sitting in your lap, eating a banana and looking straight into your eyes. Can you describe that moment? He felt like, like uh, gratitude and like he was deeply touched by this moment, like looking into the eyes of this little orangutan and like and thinking about like there's so many of them out there who lost their parents due to the deforestation. Um, and yeah, it was like a really emotional moment for him. And now meet Björn Jonsson. He is... Uh, a young man that uh, likes to try different things. Where do you live? Uh, I live in uh, the county called Skåne in Sweden, in the town named Kristianstad. When you were young, what was your dream job? Uh, I'm a born uh, farmer boy. Uh, so likely I wanted to be a farmer at the start, but later on I dreamed about to be a carpenter. Ah, what was so nice about that? Uh, building houses and uh, using body, uh, that kind of stuff. And what goals did you have? Goals, yeah, well, that's also a tough question. 
but I was just a, like a normal kid with different dreams that changed every day. So I, I, I didn't really have a one common goal at, at that age. But later on, I wanted to be uh, uh, self-dependent. And today you're an entrepreneur working with your two passions, gaming and accessibility. Yeah. Uh, uh, for starters, I'm, uh, I got my own company, uh, working part-time, uh, 10 hours each week. Uh, and that's for the Swedish Research Foundation for muscular dystrophy. Uh, but also at my free time, uh, I like to play a lot of games. You can define me as a as a, a gamer as well, but uh, I I love from young age I loved uh, Nintendo, uh, but the, these older days I like to just look at the, the, uh, the different matches on uh, Twitch, the Twitch platform, uh, streaming uh, different streams about uh, yeah, it can be uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, it can be Street Fighter and so on there's a, a whole new world out there uh, on twitch so i'm doing that a lot uh, on my leisure, uh, leisure time and in your work with gaming how do you use your experience to help others well for example i've been working uh, a bit with a game studio called massive entertainment in malmö massive entertainment is a part of the the global gaming com- community ubisoft the company that uh, for example made rayman but in Sweden, we have been, uh, I've been working on a, a game called Division 2. Uh, when I uh, met the game lab coordinator to look at uh, different accessibility points in the game. Uh, for example, if you play on a console uh, and you want to run, you have to press the button L3. It means you have to use the force, to, uh, force down on the button and I can't do that on many hours in my situation so we changed that so that I can use a different button so that's the most clear example of what we did when you got uh, the DMD uh, your body gets weaker uh, over over the years so gaming expands my body into a different world well where muscle doesn't have a difference at all so it's it makes a a longer it's a longer arm of my mind and your vision is that entertainment should be for everyone yeah 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 Uh, absolutely and when we were talking about uh, the e-sport electronic sport uh, there are no boundaries at all it's not like in common sports where the when you are in need of the, the muscles and there's a different uh, to play female soccer and male soccer. Uh, but in eSports, uh, these boundaries ain't, ain't there at all. So it it, it, it does, doesn't care if you're a, 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 what gender you have, what, uh, if you have a disability and so on. It doesn't depend on age either. And you mentioned that you have uh, another job also. You're working as an advisor for the Swedish Research Foundation of Muscular Dystrophy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one year ago, when the pandemic was a lot worse, uh, I thought to myself, well, my, I quit my last job in March. 
and I was I've been thinking for many years to, to start my own company. Uh, and and I know that the Swedish Research Foundation must disagree. I'm also in the board there. We needed a, a someone to work with the association for many many years uh, because all, we in the board are doing all this uh, at uh, our free time. So we needed to employ someone. So and I raised my hand, take me. Uh, so I created my own company. And I start working for uh, the foundation in August, a year ago. So I got one year anniversary now. And you're involved in the local community working in politics. Mm, yeah, uh, ex- exactly. Uh, the social, the Swedish Social Democrats uh, in uh, our local county, Kransta. Uh, and in, I'm sitting in the board that taking care of the the culture and leisure times uh, organization and associations in the, the the local community. Do you ever get tired at meetings? Yeah, I, I really do. And, uh, and, and politics, it's uh, uh, for me, it's more like learning. It's a very interesting thing to learn how the local uh, politics works. Uh, and a lot of people in the world doesn't do that, doesn't know that. Uh, and for example, you, you're getting to know that things cost a lot of money. You have to follow the economical budget. Uh, and sometimes a lot of people thinking, I just print to use more money, but it, it doesn't work like that. And change goes slow, but that's also good in many times. If change goes slow, you know that you won't do a lot of mistakes. If you do it too fast, uh, you make a lot of mistakes. So that's a, the the most important thing I learned from my political career. And what impact do you want to make through politics? Well, the funny thing is, if I enter a room uh, at my political agreement, the uh, uh, they change uh, the mind directly. So if we're talking about accessibility, everyone is looking at me uh, directly, but that I'm also uh, good at mentioning to everybody that only if I, well, I got a disability, but that doesn't mean that I'm an expert on accessibility. So I always tell the other politicians, ask an expert, in the topic that knows uh, the rules and and so on, I can I can give a good, a good perspective on it, uh, sure. But I'm not an expert. You have to employ experts to do it. And you said that independence has always been a focus for you. Yeah, because my disability and Duchenne, I always heard that I would would need help. For the rest of my life, uh, I can't change my uh, disability or anything, uh, but I can change f- things in the surroundings, in my environment. And that was, for example, uh, when it was time for high school, uh, I went to our town and lived there. Uh, By yourself? Y- yeah, uh, and I got uh, help from the 
the local community yeah Kristianstad county uh, and after that i was used to living uh, in an apartment so i applied for a big apartment after uh, graduation so i got a big apartment like in 2007 and that was the first time i really felt that oh my god i'm i can take take care of myself with the help of my personal assistance of course but still i was in that moment i was independent like uh, any other 20 year old when did you get your diagnosis well when i was four and i was running at the, the kindergarten my parents saw that i didn't run as fast as the other kids uh, and then my mom is a nurse since many years and this was in 1992 so she uh, contacted her uh, uh, college uh, colleagues about it uh, and uh, her doctor at her job uh, at the moment they didn't know anything about Duchenne uh, it was that was a new world for them but she met one doctor that knew a little about it uh, so we got the the uh, the greatest treatment at the time steroids still are one of the most common uh, treatments for us with Duchenne uh, steroids so I've been on steroids since I was four years old and I'm 33 now so that's a lot of time uh, and also we got help from the local hospital with wheelchairs and uh, wheelchairs and so on uh, but I would say, thanks to my mom's occupation as nurse, it helped helped me a lot and does still help me a lot. What has inspired you? Uh, inspired me? Uh, well, a lot of people in my life, new people that I met through the years. That, that's the easiest question, I would say, uh, that people have been inspiring me through my life and still inspire me. Someone whispered in my ear that you have plans to write a book. Yeah, my father has been on me for years. You have to write a book. Uh, well, I will do it someday, but at the moment I'm too, I'm too busy. Uh, but I think if I would get started to write a book, I need to, to ask someone that knows a little bit more than me just to get feedback and then I know I will get started much faster. Can you promise here in the pod that you will start on the first chapter this year? The first chapter this year, yes, I can do that. I promise that I can promise. Great. Tell me about your Italian family. Italian family. <laughs> uh, we are talking my Italian family. I call my personal assistance for that. Uh, I got three main personal assistants, uh, three males, and uh, we are talking like Italians. We are allowed all the time. So when my parents come here, they always tell me, can't you be a bit quieter, please? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, we are always talking our mind.
In this episode, you have met three inspiring young men, Gudjon, Björn and Benny, and Benny's brother Florian and his father Klaus. This pod, Take on Duchenne, what you need to know about Duchenne muscular dystrophy, has been produced by Komma, and my name is Maria Mattel Suomalainen. The podcast has been produced with financial support from PTC Therapeutics. <laughs>